0: Hey there, everybody. This is Tavo DRC. You know, I can be really sweet. I am very reasonable. I try to be polite, respectful, discern the boundaries. I try to behave myself because I was raised that way to resemble James 3.17, enduring. Just because God gave me revelation, the need to package this because people are so undiscerning. They're so turf-regarding. They're so self-protective accusing of this older move that's gotten jaundice, and I'm not. I kept myself clear of that, and I also know it's false doctrine to get that fruit. So we're trying to train people are in the discernment, seer, occult, new age type of Christian representations How to, uh, to really avoid God's wrath, avoid this kind of teaching on my behalf, Because you need to know against assessment, evaluation through fruit. Assessment, evaluation from fruit, not accusation in leadership. So I would say that when one looks at somebody, you don't want to see a stereotype that's objectifying. It's like transhumanism of the New World Order. It is making them like an it. An it that is your subject and is prone to either you thumbs up thumb down just like the caesars the romans whatever the patricians it's got steel in it it's hard it's tough it's not me but what i want to do is give you the you know the list to train your people to take inventory Uh, when you can't discern an elijah from a jezebel now in a lot of these movements the big boss they're covered they're covering they're accusing and i believe it's really paranoid but my thought on here, because I think of my dad and many all these other men, Christian men, leaders that are not. I think, is it a sign that the whelp have become narcissist? You know, I lightly use that word, but it does seem to be, you know, is it narcissist by now? We own the world. We are better. We know more. That could be in anybody, but God wants a pure heart. You know, Jesus Christ wasn't a we-centric whelp. He wasn't a colonial he was a Middle Easterner from a servant leadership raised under the authority of a really a stepfather, and he probably was maligned from his youth up because his mom had had a personal supernatural occurrence that she was impregnated by the Lord, so he had no father, so he was probably called a bastard or a, you know, mocked for being less than, and so is she. But Jesus Christ was not Levitical patriarch. That's Torah. That's big boss governing. When I looked at the before and after of Paul, he used to be, before he was Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the Bible, was for really meekness and lowliness and long-suffering in community, not turf. He wrote house-to-house fellowshipping, not keeping track of the Joneses or who's a church hopper. Nobody had that reviling LP terminology. The lack of respect for real people to hear God, and the needed training if you're that insecure, fearful that the offerings will go to other places then you need to get with the Ephesians 4 common doctrine and say what is law what is license, what is LP and what is not so we're trying to teach to really shock and awe toss over that mammon centric system thinking and then say who and what is a real Christian now who and what is a real reason for being in ministry what is one, who is not what is true doctrine and not what is false teaching what is holy spirit versus occult white witchcraft what is big boss is it the emperor is it the roman patrician the aristocracy who if you google roman patricians it's a good word search who had the ability to say thumbs up thumbs down you're out of our movement just like that that's not contrite that's patrician so james three seventeen is a training mechanism To evaluate yourself, myself, and our relationship, the Spirit of God, if it's God saying it in the inward witness of the Holy Spirit, in prophecy, counsel, advice, and teaching. It's a huge verse. And I'll begin with that, even though I think the bottom line today is for all of us, including myself and yourself, LP or not, covering shepherds or not, to really say, let's go back to the beginning and research us. Let's research John sixteen thirteen. stand on that, ask God for more, take inventory, and evaluate, not accuse, not self-flagellate, not put anyone down because they're brown-skinned or white-skinned or LP or not LP, female, alone, atypical, strange, or diverse more than you. So John 16:13 is a great starter verse for prophecy, hearing God, getting direction for yourself, followed by James 3:17, the fruit that comes from above, which is, I'll just name it so don't forget. it is for discernment. If you hear something in the night, if you hear a word of wisdom, uh, it's got to be calm. If you hear something or you see something like a person that you're trying to figure out and diagnose, Instead of a stereotype, which is abusive, or word cursing them because you don't understand their demeanor, their form. You go by James 3.17 and listen for the Lord, which is in the Bible. Are they, is it, all of that, is it pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, and without hypocrisy, and am I, and am you? Are, do you have a pure heart? Is it a pure ministry? Are the leadership trained well with true authority or poor me, false authority? So let's in, take self-evaluation. I'm really for that. That's part of being humble, self-humbling, taking stock, repentance. And this is needed of repentance right now. This is re-Pentecost talk, book of Acts type of Clearing up any dysfunction, toxicity, big ol' boy, big ol' girl, you or me, whatever rivalry. And then finding out how we can all ask God's help as we try to take inventory to relate to one another. Even if we have differences, we come across as unusual to each other. That we are not under certain kind of LP totalitarianism by choice and direction. And we train our members. That we are instead invited to be in relationship respect, equal opportunity, real respect for the office of every human, which is my teaching, E-O-R-R, com, And it is for the fathers and mothers, parents and teachers, all offices to train each other and their people and their families. You know, all of us. I have to do it too. One step at a time. If we fall off the horse because the... Old accuser is going to want to come under pressure, all of us. Or we want to get ornery, a thorn in our flesh, a thorn in our doctrine. Oh, no, they're all evil. No, 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 no. We don't do that. We're watchful because the wisdom that really comes from above is pure. It tries to keep a relationship, not destroy it or be high and mighty, you know, cutting them off as best you're allowed to. Some people are that mean, you know, that are ornery and tough these days, dysfunctional the wisdom that from above is our checklist a moral authority checklist pure peaceable easily entreated full of mercy and good fruit the fruits of the spirit mentioned by apostle paul galatians 5:22-23 pure peaceable easily entreated is made up of the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience goodness meekness and self-control, which is temperance, and self-government. The power of one, you know, with God's help, the the power of self-government is what is lacking in all the teaching that forces people to be under people because they don't understand that God has it for the people to be able to self-govern, even when the pastor or their mate or the people are not at home around, they'll have that, and that will affect society and the community and their family, peaceful. So self-government is this... We're teaching not formula, but just advice to train self-government, pure-heartedness, self-control with God's help, which is this. Pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy, and good fruit without partiality, with respect for all, no bigotry, bias, maligning, race prejudice, age, gender, economic, ministry, different size, or any other race, whether they're not Christian or not, red state, blue state, purple state, whatever. And then the last part is without hypocrisy. Listen, I am not a hypocrite. I'm telling you like it is. And, if, and I would have done it privately, but, you know, we're not allowed. We're more like tempted to be viewed as excommunicate from the big kinds of white groups like this. But anyway, that's their choice. But we're just speaking up from out here like David in the desert, fleeing from the Saul. But that's okay. We really, it's the word curses that really did it in for teaching. It's the dysfunction. It's the number of people in the populations who adhere to this that are off also, that do the same mean things. We're not angry. I'm not mad. We're just fed up. So we're teaching out to clarify what is, who is, who is not a real minister, no matter how gifted, talented, their appearance, their age, their gender, whatever, big boss or not. So when I was thinking of the difference in character and caliber of fruit in in relationship fruit in the... First of all, the two major voices out of the New Testament. There was no word curse in Christ or in Paul. There was no racism, bias, disfiguring, misogyny, using people, accusing people, abusing people under the name of the law. There was no LP in Christ. He was servant leader and he was brown-skinned. He was not American. He was not white. He came from a tribal authority. However, he felt alone because he could perceive and discern as a real prophet, seer, more than you and I. And he knew what people were thinking. He knew how they came across. And he also probably, like I said before, probably suffered under accusation that his mother had been in sin, a harlot, and bore him out of wedlock, just because I know how people do in the, the community. We look at Christ. He never threw the first stone. He was offered the stone to throw when the LPs of his day, the Pharisees, the rich Pharisees, came up with a woman. Now, I notice when you study this, I've had so many years of dealing with the same spirit. I look at the LPs are the you know Levitical patriarchs of the day. Paul was one when he was Saul under the Torah, ready to throw those rocks until he got delivered by the Most High God. And he became enlightened to the freedom from the law and bias. And that he had to get his heart pure before the Lord. And then the Lord started to speak to him and use him mightily. Well, before that happened, we see the fruit of Phariseism of stone-throwing rock, throwing a religious rock, a righteous rock. We are right to do this. It's our right to catch it in sin. That's the basic tone of the fervor of Phariseism, even in America. Even we know this, you know, just by years of watching TV and immaturity. And ourselves, Be careful, all of us. So when Paul had been raised, steeped in the Torah, Pharisees, trained by the best, Gamaliel, he had known every dot, every quote, every obedience, every sacrifice of the Levitical law. And I want to say in the modern day, we want to translate the Torah roughly, the Torah law, not for the Jews, but to accuse the Jews at all, but for the Christian who knows the Lord and met the Savior, and the Savior, Messiah, Christ, fulfilled the law, embodied it, without fault-finding, sin-throwing, woman-hating, or womanizing, or racism. No accuser. The Messiah was not critical Levitical. That's how you remember it today. Critical Levitical in modern-day times. That's how they come across the teaching or the personality. All right, Jesus Christ confronted, and he confronted, but he didn't hide, gossip, avoid that. He was up front, but he was respectful. So when we see Paul had to be delivered from LP, he was mighty, mighty. That religious spirit is just like now. It's demonic. It targets. It's biased. It frustrates. It withstands and even murders the next move of God. And that's what the Levitical patriarchs, the The Middle Eastern MELP Hebrew help the Hebrew Levitical patriarchs under the law back then in Jesus' day, the first church day. They didn't know it, but Jesus was at enmity with their move, spiritual enmity like Saul and David. You know, there are two kind of Sauls. There's Old Testament Saul, which the King Saul tried to come after David, the pure in heart, psalmist, new move, the new work. He murderously went after him with a vigil. He even consulted the occult, and that's what did him in. That King Saul spirit was merciless, targeting, revengeful, pursuing, relentless, just like now with the same spirit in the New Testament day, Levitical patriarchism. All right? Big Boss, King Saul was depressed, oppressed more than David, and that bugged his spirit, the enmity of the invisible. That bias of big shot and dark demonic came after David, and he tried to kill him at one time. So that Saul spirit is wearying. And David, if you read my psalm, you know, for the long haul adventure, the Noah and the David, Psalm 132 tells of the adventure of the price paid for a long, you know, this kind of call, many people's call. So that was the Old Testament. Well, now in the New Testament, that same spirit, because it is a spirit, an accuser personified spirit, ornery wants its way. All right, well, here we have the new baby born, Jesus, in the middle of the Torah law area, the Levitical patriarch of the day and the matriarch. There was a tracing, because I studied this, I've studied Isaiah 1 through 10 about this, the leaders of God's people blocking the move of God, the Holy Spirit anointing, Isaiah 1 through 10. The Lord gave me a few years ago with compassion the Obadiah, word of Obadiah, which was the warning to the priesthood and God's leaders of his day in the Old Testament of the encroaching Esau Edomites into the infiltration of the priesthood, God's leadership, and they were hirelings after the money. Then there was the, you know, when Jesus Christ came up, the theologian I had researched years ago, decade ago, had traced Obadiah's lineage, had traced Obadiah's warning word of the Levitical patriarch, the the Edomites, rather, the Esau carnal side, into the priesthood that was alive in the temple in Jesus' day, the Pharisees, and King Herod, who murdered the babies because he was afraid, see it's murderous, that Jesus, the announced Christ, was going to take his turf. So to avoid his mammon-centric Demas side, accusing side, he killed the babies to make sure he wiped Jesus out, which didn't happen. Now, King Herod and the majority of the Pharisees alive, the theologian that I had researched, quoted that the Edomites were the majority. The hireling priesthood was the majority when Jesus' day, and they are the ones that accused, came after, attacked the harlot priesthood to kill the Messiah. All right? From his youth up. From his youth up, they wanted to kill the babies on up. All right? What's going on now? All right. So Jesus Christ was aware of the pressure, the hurt, the pain, the tragedy, the area, the demonic forces, and the powers of the principalities more than any of us. Yet he did not accuse, he did not resemble his nemesis, the accuser. He forgave them, suffered on the cross for all of us. But he didn't allow them, he didn't enable them. He stood up to them because he got fed up. And he went over and rebuked them three times in Matthew alone, tossed over the temple money changers to get their attention, not to use violence, not to kill them, not to retaliate because the Lord put it upon him to rise up and stand up because God himself was fed up with the big boss money changers who who owned the temple and thought they owned and knew more than anybody, even him. So we have the picture of the Old Testament accusation in leadership. Miss, you know, we have the New Testament where we have a new day, a fresh day. Jesus Christ fought for it with his life, and he came to represent the non-accuser, and he was for the brethren, not against, you know, dividing the brethren. So we have the witness of the Lord in his relationship respect, and when he, you read the Bible. This is my what I call a term I have from the Lord for a few years called abiding relationship theology. If we abide in James 3.16, even under pressure, we don't have to be mean, you know. So Jesus, you read him through every relationship, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when he was alive in ministry on the earth with his mother Mary, in the temple, with people, little children. And you'll see in every relationship how Jesus acted and reacted, but he wasn't under the law. Didn't throw stones. I want to get back to when the Levitical patriarchs, the, the Pharisees, the good old folk of his day that owned the temple, the Demas hirelings, caught the woman. They loved to catch the woman. Little woman, we caught you in sin. And they didn't catch the man because they don't do that to the men. Just They only do it to women. They brought the woman who was traditionally to be stoned by Torah law, And he was immersed in the area of Torah law. He knew it. And they come up imposing, putting pressure on Christ to join with them. What are you going to do, Jesus? We're going to catch you. We're going to make you flub up. And then we can stone you and get rid of you. You are the pain in our carbuncles. All right. So they went up there. And Jesus, if you notice, I love this part. Jesus Christ paused in the stand. here's this woman caught in adultery. The female, not the man. That's biased. Massage, misogy- you know, good old boy. So Jesus has time, and he needs time to hear God. Now let me tell you what I believe. In John five, in John five, it says that Jesus Christ said, "I say nothing, and I do nothing unless I first hear the Father say it or do it." So it is my opinion, Jesus pulled out, rode in the sand, and checked in with the Holy Spirit, his father, to say, Lord, how do I handle this big pressure? All the big bosses are here. I'm the only one that's not one. I'm not an LP, and they're just powerful. They own it all, the turf of the system, and I'm just me. So he got narrowly in a corner by the self-righteous. But he wasn't moved. He knew what to do. He went in to, to here check in with the Lord, and this is what the Lord said. And I want to point this out because this is huge for males and females, and also accusation. Jesus evidently, like John five, said, "Lord, what do I do?" And it is my opinion, because I deal with, I'd live with like this myself. He probably said, "Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to play this?" What do you want me to say? What words do I start with? What were, How do I say it? How do? What tone do I use so I don't stir them up even more, make them, you know, over the top? How do I say this in your anointing? Okay, so Jesus wasn't going to club them, cuss them, be disrespectful, but he needed the anointing that breaks the yoke off of them. So Jesus paused God told him evidently what to say that would be effective. Only you know it was by faith. He didn't know the ramifications. But I can tell you, this is what I believe. So here's Jesus surrounded by a bunch of males, a (laughs) clubby, clubby males who are are itching to bloodthirst. They itching to kill this lady It's part of their you know righteousness. They got to do it. Yes, their law under the law. So Jesus wasn't like that. He respected everybody. He wasn't moved by that though there was pressure. So what he said was to me very telling about this. Jesus said to the group, the cluster of men, giant men, respectful area, notable Pharisee men, Jesus said to them simply what the Father must have told him. Well, um, which one of you have never sinned? You be the one that cast that first stone. And when he said it, it is my opinion that God took that, anointed it into their ears to let them know this. Those who had accused this woman, the leader woman, of being in adultery and sin. Jesus said, well, which one of you have never sinned? And that to me implies that it meant to them, these, which one of you men, giant men, have never lusted, committed adultery even more than once, or fornicated? Let you be the ones that you're so pure cast the first stone and each one got it they it hit them hard and they left and that is what we need to teach to balance this out the thinking is so bad in misogynist dysfunction it is that critical for the new move of god where people are used to being respected more and women are stronger and not so and i'm being upfront to you know to let this out how to teach it better So that was it. Jesus Christ was pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. Hear him clearly to give the word of the Lord, to announce the prophecy, to announce the life plan, whatever. Blessed are, but it's not blessed if you're not pure. You're going to clog it, choke it, be dysfunctional, and have pure, poor me fruit. That's what this is. All right. Let's get over to Paul. One voice is the Messiah Christ. One positive, hopeful voice. Joyful voice. Hebrews 1.9. Jesus had the oil of joy and gladness above his fellows. He played with the children. You can read Hebrews. It's meaningful. It's it's an intentional choice to get the joy. All right, real joy. Because he hated righteousness. And he loved what was... He hated unrighteousness and he loved what was righteous. Okay, he wasn't a good old boy. Next good old boy, let me define it because a lot of people are very sensitive and I understand that. I'm doing it to shock them, this group. It's a subculture, but it's a business weak subculture of me- of different kinds that are cronies, a spirit of cronianism, cultism, and materialism and accusation. That's right. So it's not up front. It is imp- you know, it's over controlling. It's got some issues, issues we're dealing with, which are fruit issues, really character issues. So I can mention this to stir it up and train on it. So the next voice, after Jesus, which is the main voice of all voices, then we teach, look at Paul as the other main major voice. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And I want to point out that before Paul, Apostle Paul was Apostle Paul, sent to the Gentiles, men and women, he was also a, Former Saul, a Levitical patriarch of the worst degree, uh, you know, born under the Torah, gifted, talented, raised well and raised right to know more and also to finger point and catch people in false doctrine, to catch people sinning, to catch people not going to the Sabbath and obeying every rule, every sacrifice. Because he'd become self-righteous and an entity unto himself that accused. That is the modern day, also confirmed in Bible scripture, by Jesus later in different. You know, about the Pharisees, they accused and were self-righteous. That is the sign of Phariseism. All right, it gives token respect only to a pet few, which is not, which is biased and not James 3.17, conforming to God's whole counsel or God's whole fruit of the fruit that comes from above, James 3.17. So Paul had come up well, you know, he's well-raised, educated, favored in the Torah groups. And when he got the news, when he was Saul, he got the news of that young, maverick, rebellious, rebellious Messiah, Christ, he got on his high horses. He thought, "I'm going to go target. Let's get rid of. Them. Let's wipe them out. They're nothing but dung. Those are nothing but f- spies. I mean, flecks on the wall, flies on the wall of our ministry. They're nothing. They're its. Let's go get them." And he tried to kill and murder the Christians. It was a religious spirit. Like now, it is a historic, It is in the world a targeting demonic forceful. Relentless, pursuant, and targeting even occult. False authority. It's really false authority spirit. And it was on Paul because he was an LP, but then he met the Lord who was bigger, and he got delivered. And this is why I had to get this strong, because it is that mean and that really demonic targeting, praying against. Have you ever thought that, you know, I guess that it's pretty easy I mean, nobody's got it easy. If I were to go to church and think, I'm just going to go and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to, you know, eat my lunch afterwards. I'm going to have a nice formula sermon and I'm going to, you know, take it easy. And, you know, somebody's mean to you that day. They don't smile or they're racist. You know, you think, well, you know, I can handle it. Jesus Christ and me, I'll forgive them. However, you go, and they don't just do that; they do that and more all the time. In every kind that has this doctrine around the United States, the witch watchers—they're not content with people just snubbing them. They gotta sick their prayer people, sear energy, and target you. But they never speak to you because you're not a male. You're not a white male LP. Hey, I don't. I like, I love, and respect all men, and the LP. But I think we need to confront the doctrine, respect the humans. They don't know they're at fault or they don't know they got, they're got off. But I'm defining the fruit and confronting it because it is a, it has been an ongoing targeting Jezebel spirit. Alexander the Coopersmith, since I had people undermine me in Virginia that went behind my back and never confronted me, told everybody it was a Jezebel. I had helpers. They plot. They, they call them aside and told them evil things. And I never have been. It's like the most devious, artful, and all-knowing, unapologetic, non-contrite hornet of Phariseism. I never knew existed because I don't deal like that. I don't think L.P. I don't go there. I'm servant leader. Hey, if you got a bone to pick, the Bible teaches me in Isaiah, a foundational call. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, hey, I'm not going to kick you or hate you for being different with me. There are three or four things that nobody's ever heard of in these all-wise preaching circles, prophetic ministry type circles, or their people, because they don't know it at the top. When it is, come let us reason together, negotiate. James C. 17 says, come let us be, resembling the wisdom from a high, easily entreated, negotiating to preserve Community and the bonds of peace. Nobody knows community. Walking it out, meekness and lowliness and long-suffering, endeavoring to keep the bond of peace. That's Paul. I know that. I try to, I'm trying to live it all the time. Nobody knows because nobody wants to know in the Pharisee circles who love to sit back and accuse, I guess. Made it big. They don't. None of this move in my lifetime ever has loved me enough not to, to spare me by confronting me. They have never once, Matthew eighteen fifteen, made an appointment face to face to calmly let me know. Cause See, I'm not an LP and I wasn't right. I was in my own ministry and because I am a white female, when I was married or not, I would be sent alone, I guess, to know the turf because I never feel alone. I have the Lord and come from a very healthy, strong, mature family, dad, pastor dad. I feel like I'm myself. And that shows me th- th- what they're doing to many women, real women. You know, it shows me the lack of love, and they can't handle. You know, I'm a family kind, and I'm sitting. I was sitting here today out in the Barista Fellowship, where I feel respected, where I laugh a lot, talk to people that are liberal, Hollywood Democrat, out of church Christians, saved or not. Hey, it doesn't bother me because they're respected. They're mature. They're they're like there's life in that a dialogue, a society. It's got to be normal, a foot in natural, real respect and relationship, exchange of information, and you can have challenges. But it's nothing like knowing you walk into an occult, cult ministry that you you didn't know that you they advertised they were prophets and they're abusing strangers that. Just because they're gifted, just because they're all wise and they've been soaked in the Kool-Aid, all their people, for 20 years, 25, 8 to 10. And this has been the hugest discovery and most disconcerting celebrity ministry that's gotten aged. You can be aged wine or you can be aged sour wine, you know, false. One by one we enter the kingdom and I'm not saying all celebrity are like that, but I'm not saying all are not. The fruit. It's the fruit, it's the fruit, nothing more than fruit and respect for the normal visitor who comes in, whether they're black, brown, male, female, old, young, red state, blue state, no state, diverse or different energy, and this is what I am on this, you know, justice before judgment comes for the zeal of the Father's many houses and respect for the real humans and the people at the top the leadership that are doing it that have done it that may need to know they're off we are trying to clearly point and paint a picture of the dysfunction that only compares you know really we have to take it in a shocking context Do you realize that Paul, way back when, when it was nothing like it is now, way back when Paul hung out with God and God opened his heart and his spirit to paint a warning scripture in 2 Timothy 3, 1-6 and 1 Timothy 6-5 that in the last days perilous times would come and even the saints and the big bosses and the top and the small all of us could be dysfunctional lovers of ourselves, boasters, not peaceful, not resi- you know they'd be false and to watch out and Paul says he mentors his words, not mine. There is a balance between a, you know having some basic issues in human life and strange unyielding non-contrite, reprobate Christianity, and Paul gives us the option. There is a balance to Hebrews ten twenty five command which is not under the law don't forsake fellowshipping with the saints, please. You know, find a way. Try to, you know, if it's a church, you gotta have something. But don't be don't be don't be accused and think you gotta go and be mistreated, abused, and can't trust them. So Paul gives the balance the option if you're wise, not looking for outs, but if you're wise, there's second Timothy three. From such, turn away two fellowships, one to go, train it, one to go, don't forsake, two, get out. They're damaging your soul. You don't know it. I'm looking at the term God has given me. When I was younger and was raised with great pure authority, respect in ministry by ministers, I've always never not. Automatically deferred to the people in every meeting, every house, every business, in ministry, or anybody, a friend's house. I'm always their visitor, so I respect who's in charge. I discern the boundaries. And I abide by the boundaries. If they're really off, I'll never go back. All right, so I abided by the boundaries, but I didn't know when I got in, you know, started, God led me in 76 at age 24 to study the body, and different moves started to come out. So that's why I'm teaching like this. I'd never been around charismatic. I'd never been a law or a judge. Even a, you know, I didn't know it was a cult till now. So I had not been around what I call now witch watching, twisted wicker thinking in ministry, making it big ministry. I didn't know that, but I'm I love the worship and I love the Holy Spirit and I was raised healthy, healthier than these. So I'd go and I didn't know that by my being there. I don't know if it's a Bully spirit, let me say this I've thought many times I was not raised as functional, raw, poor, needy, even though I look you know, I am poverty, so to speak, but joyful, not happy. I'm on assignment for this exactly to help people in many ways. Is it the same enmity like word curse Saul to David representing a brand new move that's not theirs? Is it the same thing as Apostle Paul, Saul, attacking the Christians, the first church? Is it the same thing as Herod trying to murder the babies and the Pharisees attacking Jesus, like many people have been through in the remnant, I'm part of the remnant? Now the Pharisees, they were the majority, but there's always a remnant. And John the Baptist's father, Zacchaeus, Zacharias, whatever he was, he was a remnant. So there's always a a non-evil eye remnant in the priesthood, mega and micro. So, we can't accuse. Also, don't go where they have this doctrine because you have no clue. I wanted to get to this definition of a vocabulary word for now. I can go now, by now, after many years 30 some years in the prophetic alone around the nation, you know, studying it, discovering dysfunction, trying to figure out how to, you know, deliver it from mean for the visitor, for God's sake, and help it be more diverse. But I didn't know what I know now, that back in the day, I could go in for the worship. Oh, they're wonderful. When I first started the prophetic move, it came in slowly. It was whelp. I didn't know it came into our area. I'd been in ministry all my life, my own ministry for 12 years around the area. Nobody knew me. Nobody wanted to from the group. But I was, you know, I'm very positive. I was studying. I noticed that the people never smiled. In the audience, they were sort of word junkies, hang dog. But, you know, I figured people go through life, you know, not putting them down. Different movements breed a different fruit. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> so I didn't know that by going, I was entering myself up to occult, like I knew now. It was less occult than now. Now is really strong, strange fruit. It really is worse and more tar- mean. All right. So I would go, and I—I I was always a wise, noble Berean scholar coming from that, like Billy Graham. You don't want to get into error, so I was very careful and, and even fearful back then of being out of error and, you know, missing the Bible. So I would get—I've always had people pray protection on me and my visit that I would not go off if I, you know, entered another movement, which is wise. I'm not afraid now. I just got, you know. Pretty strong, but I am still very careful and watchful. My discerner has grown, however, by leaps and bounds just because of this as God's safety for me and a warning for them and to warn people to teach on it. I would never... It's His grace. It's His grace about disgraceful dysfunction in ministry. Disgraceful treatment of people. All right. So I would go to this one group that came in. Didn't know all this that I know today. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go. And there are different movement. i was been through all my life, like Billy Graham, Good Teaching, Vineyard, Gentle Holy Spirit, Jesus People, Quality Teaching, Servant Leader, Word of Faith, you know, a little more Holy Spirit and Power, but, you know, Happy, Joyful, Bible. And I knew, you know, people that were following different movements were a bit dysfunctional, you know, but the pastors were good. So I went in there. And I didn't know it was big boss. You can have tiny ministry, small junior caliber character, but they could be big boss in their minds. And you don't know that because you're just not trained around it. You're trained to respect everybody. So I went in there and I did pray. I thought, you know, I don't want to be fooled. This is prophetic. I'd never been in prophetic and I wanted to make sure and I love the Holy Spirit, which turns out it is my call, but not to be under them or in that. Well, I didn't know that I could look and say, are they are they off? Are they on? Are they in error or not? But I didn't know how deep I didn't see bit back then. I thought they believe Jesus is Savior. That's good. That's a check mark of right. Their worship is really good. They seem to be nice. They seem to be respectful. They look like they were sort of diverse. Everybody's growing. but I didn't know till later when it came out to you know, get me. That I was being perceived by occult divining as their enemy. It's conceit. A lot of conceit. It's conceit, and maybe, like I said, could be gentrified. What is it? Gentrified narcissism. At, you know, people are insecure. I'm not. And I looked through the years after I've seen why do I trigger it in only one movement? No, never black. Only LP that got to be right. That never want to speak, but want to read me and avoid me, but want to know me and, and warn everybody that I am get accused because they just are too scared or nervous, whatever it is, to say hello. And Baptists, you don't do that. Black people never do it. White people never do it unless they're this kind. Democrats never do it. Hindus never do it. Anybody respects me out of the whole majority of the world's at this. But they're huge. They're huge and they are on They principally own, LP owns, they think they own the Holy Spirit. And that's my call. I'm not mad at them. I'm not angry, but I'm fed up. And I'm saying it for the Lord. Fed up. Tossing over some doctrinal tables. So I first thought, well, you know, they're okay. They're safe because they're not in false doctrine. But I didn't know the bathwaters. Here's the teaching. There are things that you don't see invisible and emotional and spiritual and psychic, occult, witchcraft false authority that you do not know coming in through different teachings or beliefs and governing moves these are governing moves they got to make sure you're submitted i didn't know that you got to be watched to see if you're submitted they're really really for white you know they're really um solemn they're not joyful they're they're i didn't know they they had favorites i didn't know they'd single when i was younger i was you know, I was fine, but when I got older, I noticed back then that they'd pick out a middle-aged woman, white woman, and target her. Every time I went to a meeting, it was like there was an evil woman. You know, she was a middle-aged an intercessor, and I realized that is the fruit I've seen all around. It's an abiding fruit of these ministries. They're above. They're above the law. they whatever it is. They target women. They really do lone women. So I watched it, I noticed it, I took law, but they didn't really come after me until I moved to, you know, it got thicker and stronger in the late 90s when they got more media sizes and, you know, tougher and I guess warred against. So they had to really build up their armor to fight off the Jezebel. But I would go and the Lord would send me on conferences and I noticed everybody's fine. When I went to the Whelp, they'd stare me down with the deer in the headlights, racial profiling. That's when I racial profiled them back, got a lot of discernment. And then noticed out in the audience, because see, I wasn't sent to be the top. I was sent to be out with their fruit of the top. And I have for all my life. I noticed that I was a joyful person, a careful person, and used to being respected in all kinds of company, black, white, male, or female, including ministry. Nobody had an issue. I would go as a visitor and I would get targeted repeatedly by white. And they turned out to be Western European, Levitical Patriarch, mate and tough ladies, but the only men in charge of everybody and then into witch watching Jezebel spying, which is occult, now I know. And I looked at the females around me. I noticed that they accused females that were the you know, people got jumped. I noticed that the women looked depressed and i was not i have been depressed and oppressed after dealing i didn't know I was into all, what dysfunction was in their midst now i know and i'm not there now i feel good really good i feel not i feel more powerful after getting divorced from that foul elite time wasting occult and dysfunction targeting dysfunction anti-female dysfunction cult than i ever have and i'm free in fact we're starting a ministry in this area now the Christian ministry is open now. God confirmed that I'm staying here for a while. I can That I am ready to take on people, helpers, visitors, and appointments. So let me know. I'm staying here for now. I'm staying here. I thought I had to go to the Deep South State. I like it here. I prefer it here. I will go, and maybe there's a call to have a, a work down there, even move down there. It isn't now. I am here. So let me know if you need help, even online. I want to grow it and have worship. I'm a revivalist. It was blocked with all this garbage and occult, and now I'm ready. And I I sound I can bring forth that same similar Asbury type thing. That's me, you know. And other people bring out more diverse other races, more energy. Maybe rock stuff I can go relaxed, Holy Spirit anointing, pinnacle I can go. I'm very diverse in my kinds of music. Global. What we don't want is more trouble, and we don't want to make trouble for people, humans, but we want to trouble the troubling LP demonic. That's all I want to do is trouble the doctrine and cast it out. It needs to go. It's past its prime. It's out of there, but it's still on the younger generations, and it's hugely in the culture of the American white people. Nice or not, they have that religious, you know, basic religious spirit. We're not against whites. But we're trying to really get people to conform to the Lord in the Bible like the diverse Messiah and Paul after he was relieved from the LP spirit. Because the law accuses, it sizes up, it measures, are they out for murder authority? They say, oh, it's only a woman and we're over them. That is the racist spirit of the law, the controlling spirit, minimizing, keeping them down subliminally to make sure they're not overstepping their boundaries that they force upon them through their false teaching. It is an LP huge trait. I, I was at the gym up here when I first came. That spirit just is has been I'm fine now, but back then I'm still getting out of Dallas, tired of it. I went to the Y in South Carolina, and I was at the Y at 7 in the morning. I had a friend at the desk, a mom, and I'm a mom type So I was chatting and she said, oh, you're new. You need to meet this pastor, youth pastor from an area church. Well, I'd been there for a prayer meeting. They were pretty patriarchal and nice and white. More formal, more traditional, but really loving. So I thought, okay, I'm up for meeting this guy at 730 in the morning. So he comes down the stairs, late 40s. When I tried to say I'm a fellow Christian, the spirit, the wearying spirit of LP rose up at 7 30 in the morning and the only thing he wanted to know not are you a minister a fellow christian not are you a pat you know i'm an office pastor not a junior pastor not a not a second you know associate pastor like him i was an authority of a move a real move a girl yeah but a human first the spirit you know rose up and the first thing he wouldn't let me have any say Have you found, are you submitted to a church yet? That's the term. Are you submitted? Uh, You know, I see a female. It clicks in through all my false teaching, my authority legalism that is acceptable all around the nation today in many churches and many moves. Oh, I see a female. It's not a female. It's not a human, a fellow minister, a Christian. It is an it. Uh, And it is my duty as the white male, the Levitical patriarch, to make sure that woman is submitted To the authority that I so firmly believe in. Because I'm over you all. And that is the nutshell of the fruit of that spirit. It is so involved in itself. And its own preaching. About its kind of teaching. It's not anything about love. Respect. Diversity. Ephesians 4. House to house. It's about I know by my look and your look. You're only a white woman and I am not offended by that because it doesn't bother me. I'm myself no matter who they are. But I speak for decades of many people now they that are not this bold or wise that they're putting down and limiting just cause they're limiting God's creation. I represent black people. I resent people who are not so Levitical Patriarch Colonial. I represent a mass of people who are not in these any church. I was I am much more diverse than this group. But that spirit, a targeting spirit, be they well intentioned or not, is about to try to take you know put us under them. Either because they're frightened, Saul versus David, inferior, whatever. All right, let me say this: when I before I knew all this, God had to teach me. It's about a lot of lp not this guy who is was well, you know is still awful but if you get if people don't instantly like you and they start to never speak which is the biggest bugaboo about these occult so full of it they will automatically read you diagnose you occult defile you they will presume to have read your innermost darkest thirst and lust and want and think it's about themselves. It's selfish. They will not love or care to relate. Or speak. Or First John 1, 7, walk in the light as he is in the light. Because they don't want to have fellowship. They only want their elite type. And that's what they do. And that's fine for them. But they're missing community. And they're missing good teaching and healthy ministry. And I thought, how come? And I had this lady when I was growing up. I was a Baptist product of, you know, happy Baptists, not fundamentalists. And I went to a Baptist camp when I was like 12. I guess my mom went to, you know, vacation from the kid. That's okay. It was fun. I like to go to Eagle Irie in Lynchburg, Virginia. So I remember liking to go. And so I went up to the camp, 12 or 13 years old, and one of the speakers was there, the lady speaker, and she looked at me just walking up the aisle, and she said, have you had a happy childhood didn't you and I went yeah now I didn't feel you know you're 12 or 13 you don't feel so happy you know all the time but I felt yeah I did have a happy childhood I did it was not because I deserved it I didn't earn it is it by God's miracle of grace I had happy pa- parenting so that has stuck with me so when I saw bullying all the bullying on and on TV and online I had a friend that was a black pastor uh, the bishop and his daughter, do- his, he and his wife were married and they had two children, two parents, and they lived in an area when none of the children except his, maybe one more, had two parents. They were all single parents and his was the only one with two parents. Well, her daughter, their daughter, started to get bullied and really picked on, and it was to me the spirit of, well, you know, that type of same thing. Jealousy, accusation, cause of fear, deprivation, dysfunction, and really you're feeling a jealousy. Accuser, you know, the Bible says jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Now, these kids, little kids, don't know it, but they got it because it's a human thing. And Saul didn't know he had it, but he did it to David. Paul didn't know he had it to the first church. There's something, it's a spiritual zone. So if I, who sits there, calmly lovingly approachable chatty baptist get me white people get me catholic gets me black people get me nobody doesn't until i go into dare go in the prophetic like this the prophetic warped well fruit and i'm there for the lord no other purpose not to sin spy because usually i need a break i want to get near the holy spirit deep wells to be refreshed and the lord had sent me to take off, like Martha Stewart, sitting in the audience, nobody knows me, CEO, not famous, not having a lot of money at the time, not patrician, servant leader, and open to any, you know, being nice, but representing the black person, the well-off, the not well-off, the least of these, the uh, normal, everyday, atypical, non-whelp, and this is why I got to teach on it. It is so big assaulting queen-like Jezebel murderous but it see this is that you go into the doctrinal bath waters and you look around and you think man they look great the music is gifted they're so talented I can feel the Lord I just know he's here they're so famous or not they're well loved they're all these people that adore them let me give money in the offering let me be you know there to help them see what I can do and that's my heart instead you don't know it you've got a demonic stronghold in the bathwaters the invisible bathwaters of white witchcraft where they're reading you they don't love you they have no fear of the lord but they are fearless in their own opinion to be psychic occult and damn people and demonic they want to do it that's their choice but i'm telling you it ain't going to go well in this new move it's going to go down unless you repent so they, you go in there, sitting there with this invisible thing. And to make a long story short, I've taught about it a lot. It is a cult. And if you don't know it, which I now know now, and I can pick it up, you'll be scanned, you'll be talked about if they pick you up as somebody evil. Like, it's really spectral evidence, the Salem witchcraft trials, where they read your vibe. You can read Google that. Spectral evidence, Salem, Massachusetts witchcraft trials. Same spirit farm raised occult it is so the doctrinal bath waters is this illustration apostolic ministry apostasia, because we're cross by the unity, trying to get this free of this and have peace community for everybody the doctrinal bath waters is this if you take a bath you want to make sure there's nothing invisible in the water that will cling to you that you don't know about when you leave and that's the principle you get in your bath you take your bath you're you refresh. to get out you go home if there is poison oil or weird stuff virus it will cling to you and come out later that's this theory exactly the definition you don't know you're being witchcraft against you don't know they're prayed against you you don't know i had uh, one of the things that i just get this god has taught me this through time and revelation and hanging out with the Lord and this suddenly I get a revelation driving down the road so I had a picture last of a place I tried when I was up here and I knew there I could feel the spirit of divination and feel I was being you know defiled as an office they couldn't recognize an office they couldn't tell an Elijah that's when I started really getting stronger I thought this is just witchcraft it's in our nation many places in these charismatic basic type of, some of them, not all, but too many of them, a lot of them, dysfunction. When they could talk to me and find out for sure. That's what's frustrating. So I was getting divined. I was getting fed up. I was getting really filled with passion to train on it, and you know, get rid of it. When they could relate, they don't believe in fellowshipping. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, 1 John 1 7, then we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. That means they're not doing, they're open to letting some things come in that would slip through if if they just were obedient to the word. They're not fully covered by the blood of Christ. Think on those. So I left that. It took me a while to get over the occult. I liked them a whole lot. I could have worked it out if they let me, you know, like be a real, if they were a bit normal, not occult. So I believe pride hides. That's part of it. So I got out and I, I was on my own to hear God. I went somewhere else where they're not like that, which I really enjoy. And so I was analyzing what in the world is keeping me feeling sluggish, a bit oppressed. And I knew it was occult and I had to get this strong to get not be moved by it anymore, anymore, and to confront it. Because you have to confront a controlling spirit, Jezebel, dominating male, female, and or doctrine. So then I realized, wow, this is a huge thing. It's dysfunctional, and it's affecting God's move. It's it's removing the power from the saints to hear God. They want to have it hear them and keep them under their big boss control, usually for money, you know keep the cult together. When I did that, I started to get more freedom, more joy, more life, even more strength back. And I've never been this quite as fearless in my life and joyful, stable, not moved by, not tolerating this crap. Excuse my language. And I'm not. So we're here for the body of Christ. We're reasonable, peaceable, joyful. We just don't, you know, entertain dysfunctional behavior, misbehavior. But the doctrinal bathwaters are huge. So after I had gotten free, all of a sudden a few months back, I was driving, and this is how God teaches me the Holy Spirit. This is a movement now. I saw a picture of two places. One was the first place of Whelp. I didn't know I was getting character assassinated. That was part of the invisible bath waters. I think they're emotionally, you know, raised pretty bad. I couldn't help it if I was in it. That bully trigger, that's the one I say. If I go in as a happy person, approachable, peaceful, joyful, fancy or not, Baptists don't get moved. Catholics, nobody gets moved except you guys. So it makes me think with deduction and logic I guess these people are raised dysfunctional and it's that enmity of Saul and David of a new move, but also happy people. It's like bullies. So when my friends back in Dallas, the bishop and his wife and their child went to school, got bullied, it was not spoken. It was a spiritual thing. And I've looked at it online with all the bullying suicides of people, young people, because of being, even lately, somebody mugged in the hall and killed herself later because of bullying This is a spiritual, huge, dysfunctional leadership topic to cover. Use your energy, your focus, your skill, and your style to get rid of it and help all people, not just yourselves. So if I have been through anything dysfunctional, I think it like Apostle Paul, just part of the sifting, shipwrecks, Many dysfunctional, fiery persecutions, trial, big boss style. Nobody who has ever falsely accused me for any reason has not been, I think, dysfunctional, really. And they can't help it, but they can get healed. You need to know it, that God isn't, that's no excuse. Poor me, victim, oh yeah, they're so mean because they're, you know, they're offended because they're speaking up against control and demonic warfare From Christians in ministry, oh, yeah, it's their fault. We're just too pitiful and so, you know, they're offended. When I've taught this, I'm teaching it now because I've been, I had no clue, really, how bad it is for the Christian to try to get to church now and for Jesus to have healthy representation in the book of Acts, charismatic. We're not charismatic. As of 2012, a lot of this is because of it. But I am not in the old move, and I really want some more people that will help me not focus on this. Because I feel like it is time to warn these people of judgment, and it's time for justice for me, for me, and all the others that they've done it to, and all the remnant. I feel it is time for justice, God's justice, but I do care for them. I really love them. I am a servant leader. Not their style, but that's too bad. They got to get along. If they love the Lord, they got to love me, and I got to love them, and I will. And I'm not mad. All right. When I was driving down the road after I got delivered and free and figured out, Ben, I didn't know how much doctrinal, occult, witchcraft warfare I was incurring by going to the former, you know, cult doctrinal bathwaters, the LP Haven. And I saw two visions. One was where I used to, where I first found it, and it was petite compared to now, and I saw someone up on stage had been told by the leadership to single people out and pray against them, and I was one, and I went, I'm not surprised knowing that group, that proud group, but it still affects your your heart, you know, you're, you don't know how the, the Lord, how real witchcraft, dark witchcraft, from the other side is being used against you until God shows you. So I repealed it. All right, well then, I saw the big one, the mega big one. I saw where I'd gone in many years. You know, I'd gone before then. I, got, I went. came back up here now and they'd gotten awful, you know, old and hard and occult. And I saw a vision of the back of their nice stage, big set, I saw vision behind the worship area. I saw up in the balcony, up in the area atop, there's rooms and stuff. I saw forty to a hundred, forty to how many forty to sixty death's heads, skulls coming out of that room coming toward me, any the others they didn't like by fight, you know, not because I did anything because they wouldn't speak to me. They read me. They're energy readers. But I saw how bad this is and how false and how unholy, ungodly, satanic it is. And I saw I was being targeted with death head prayer against this person who is an apostle, chief apostle of resurrection power for the new move of God, cross body unity, along with everybody else in revival. And they couldn't tell. And I was being targeted by false, unwise, unsafe, occult. And I had to, didn't know I was being affected by it, withstood by it. You know, you can have faith that's positive, the power of agreement. If two or more gathered in his name, he is there. And you can have faith, the power of agreement for things good to happen. That's right. That's good faith. But you can have, in my opinion, sin, faith, negative faith. We've never taken personal inventory. We've never talked to them, but we read them through our occult divining, our psychic bias as the enemy, and we're going to now group together in negative faith the power of the occult to target that one lady, that one minister, that one person, that one child of God. And this is what I tell you now. This is the ark coming forth. When I was forced to get... A divorce against my will, against any no counsel. It was a Malachi 2, That kind of divorce, Malachi 2, and the other part was I think it's First Corinthians seven fifteen. If the when the unbeliever says, you know, when the unbeliever goes, you got to let him. Well, it was after a big heart issue and things went on, but I was not given a voice, and so I was ambushed, and that's what started me understanding dysfunction. But then going to find retreat in the churches of Dallas of the Deep South, where they were all wise, good old boys in this kind of doctrine, was really a very horrible, horrible time when I had PTSD from all that. Traumatized. But I was never, you know, I've never had a nervous, to my knowledge, I've never been that bad that I can't handle it with God. You want to find people. you, You should be able to. But because before I went there, Through all that, I had happy parenting, much happier than these people. And I knew many moves of God that I could just, you know, understand how to go to the Lord myself, put on YouTube, because these are biased people. All of these people, I think, are down deep are biased, men and women. And I hang with, I'm hanging loose like a, you know, I'm more of a vineyard goes a little bit darker type person. And I, I like all kinds of music, even the big, loud I really like that a lot. I need that. But I don't do poor me, minister, and I don't read your mind and probe as a psychic occult. I never did that. That's damnable. I'm warning you. So let's go where no person has ever been before. Let's go where all no person has ever been before. If you're red state, blue state, no state... Let's go to forward with the Lord into the harvest. The equal opportunity, real harvest. But this is the ark. My point in saying about the marriage, you know, it was sad because I really forgave. I forgive, you know, none, I forgive and I had two children. I wanted them to have a happy two-parent marriage. But it was very ta- you know, very hard, down deep, very abusive. And I was, you know, but that was, was over. So I realized that when I was divorced... I had, my name is DRC. It means of the stronghold. And I had, that's, I kept, my maiden name is really tame, So I kept this one, DRC. And I made my mind up, my choice. Of the stronghold can be two things. You can have the stronghold of mean, bitter, unforgiveness, bias, abuse, money loving, targeting, occult, religion, Or you can have a stronghold of faith and love. And that's what I wanted to do. I thought, I'm keeping this. I like my, I really, it's, who could have imagined a name like Tavo D'Arcy? I couldn't have. And I, I just, as I said to my, I was married 32 years, would have kept on. would have still been married had I been given any option, but I wasn't. So what I thought was, you know, I told my children, I said, I'm going to keep it. I like it. And I thought, I could not, I've been given this name, it was not, it was my will to keep it. You know, I signed on for the agreement. I wasn't allowed. But I thought, it means of the Ark, of the stronghold like Joan of Arc. And I thought, how fitting that it would take this long to undo all the damage that all the big boss egos, Leviathan, Python, Lucifer, it was a Lucifer spirit. I've had a lot of things that could have broke me down, made me tough, made me turn off, made me quit, maybe get unforgiving, maybe, maybe want to go toward men, which I didn't. But maybe I could have been, you know, the queen, big boss, they always, you know, but I'm not. I just want to be myself and I forgave everybody. So after all these years of repeated analyzing what in the world God wants out of this and me and all that I've seen crazy Matica quasi Matica pure in heart Charismatica once in a while maybe somewhere then I thought you know I think God wants me to use I'm going to keep this name unless God sends me somebody and I take his name but I'm going to keep on because the ark is like Noah on the journey walking it out not privileged at all but not a potentate. And I'm walking it out like a Enoch for this move of God, like many Enochs, the Enoch generation, equal opportunity, real respectful, some high, some low, black, white, and brown. Soft. I'm, but I'm soft-spoken. I really need to be soft-spoken. That's my real self. That's my pure-in-heart self. But I wasn't allowed when Elijah, who wanted only God's move for God's whole kingdom to come in the nation, Elijah, when he had to be confronted and repeatedly assaulted, reviled, prayed against by false prophets of spooky Ahab and Jezebel, that direct spirit, and their network of 850 like them, they only wanted their turf. And I had to get this strong to defend my God's new move, crossbody unity, crossbody unity, as a resource. Let me say that it's a governing option. It's not over you. It's not slave driving. It's, you can't say you're over me or I am under you. It is free spirit by will. Galatians one one and two office ministry. If you want to ask more about it, feel free. It's a resource. I'm voluntary, but I do. You know, if I do certain things that I need to have tent making, such as music and counsel and advice. And when I speak or everything, that's a love offering type thing. But other than that, we're really trying to be not mercenary, not ambitious in that, but letting God lead. And that's all he's done. Hanging out with God is where the revelation is coming. If we don't have our pride to get in the way and we let him lead and have our patience. If I were to quit right here, which I will. I would say to anybody, everybody, and the new move this is for the modern day person who's on God's call, a hero call. Walk it out like Enoch, first love, but also practice Psalm 127, verse 1. I have to do it even though it looks weird, slow, non materialistic, non fun. It is fun. It's, you know, it's for a season. It was for me to understand a lot of things, to be at rest no matter what. No matter who, accusing or not. Because it's true. It's it's for a reason like Noah. But now the ark is finished. All this is finished and it's starting to come out, really is. For the sake of the gospel. Because it's getting darker. The ark came when they needed it. The tortoise, the eye of the tortoise is great. I'm happy. Happier than when I was with the pressure-filled achievement religious bias systems really so anybody like this let me know we'll have a network you know if you want to do it if you're in the system or not I, i respect you as humans so slow and steady but psalm 127 for all of us each of us hang out with god and it says unless the lord builds the house even the preacher houses unless the lord builds the house those who labor labor in vain that is why i'm on the i'm on the joy of the journey and in the process no matter how strange dysfunctional slow fast proven materialistic or not i'm here for the long haul and i have been like many of you many more of you than i would ever know but right now, I do believe for myself, for the sake of justice and judgment, God—I mean—to really let Him show what He was wanted, what He was doing through this to be a sign, an Ezekiel sign to the big shot crowd in ministry, that He let me go. He allowed me to go through many things the poor go through, which I'd never been before. He allowed me to live like you know, by faith, barely get along, street like too many and will in the future some of these but he allowed me to know how bad people think of people who are not elite like them that was the big if anything i met that was my saddest and only bad part really the only dysfunctional part of the journey was meeting the giant crew in many states of the the village of clubby prayer people who knew everything that were the that despised the least of these or couldn't get along with somebody that wasn't just like them, LP. They were indifferent. They were well-read too much, but they were the group of we have need of nothing. The sin of omission. The sin, it's about us. Only our for, our movement no more. Not body of unity. Not body of Christ. Not diverse. So if anything, I had to go through that to warn these people, you better repent and change your change your spots, leopards, because the Lord is not going to let this happen and keep on going. Nobody's going to be over the You know, the Bible moves. Anybody, not me, not a man, not a woman, not black. You know, I want the men. I've never been, I always felt, let the men lead. Hey, technically, for your sake, legalists, I know how you think. This is not a woman who is over you so i'm not a woman in authority i'm not going to control you i'm as a resource collaborating with my own authority but i'm not under you i'm a galatians 1 and 2 and you are not over me and the reason i say it like that is because of the divining occult who won't say no levitical patriarchs who peg any female white female they don't peg black ones because they're scared of being called you know what racist Plus, they'll maybe have affirmative action because they know they're, you know, to look good. But maybe I'm wrong. But the issue is, this is not about white pride. It's not about pride at all. It's about the Holy Spirit. And he's very, very diverse and full of energy and lots of cultures. And that is how I love to say, wow, I love to hear the Holy Spirit through that kind, tribal, mechanical instrumental, Pentecostal, just so it's got the Holy Spirit anointing. The The Holy Spirit anointing breaks the yoke off of people's lives, not the talent, not my gift. It's His Holy Spirit anointing. We want to say that. I want to say that especially for the, fine art, for the music. It's not, and it could be your writing, your drawing as well, anything like that, your art. It's not my gift, it's his gift. It's not my great talent in my DNA, naturally from a mama or daddy, or my education, be it black, white, or brown, or none. It is only, everybody, please know, it is only about God, his Holy Spirit anointing that breaks the yokes off of other people's lives. And I think a lot of the people that are going now some of these revivals Needed the yoke broken from non religious sin spine clubbiness and veiled PC offering taking, all about me and my authority, church hopping, witch watching ministry. And I pray it continues for their sake. I am open to dialogue, I'm open to chat theology. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. But I'm open to help people get out of error if they need it, not hurt them. Many of you who are now the most evil eye and witch watching conscience I have ever seen really did help me before, back in the day, before it got so tough and raw and damaging. It really did. But I see you're human. We're all human. And warfare happens. And we're, you know, you were immature. I was immature. But I did know how to tough let me say this i did not know how tough these people are in christian christ following at the local grassroots and mega levels in ministry i didn't know i would have to be this tough go through that much assault before the worm turned and got the freedom to speak out and i do now also i know how old they are and how old i am and I'm, i'm an elder now when i was in dallas not knowing what i was seeing all of it like i do now toward the end before covid i had a black pastor african-american pastor and his wife phone me up we had met at the local starbucks barista fellowship and they called me up because the wife had a dream a word for me so we met together at the Starbucks and the word gate and the woman gave me the dream and I had felt this is 2020, early or before COVID, and they said, Tavo, oh, and I had felt I needed God wanted me to be louder and stronger and bolder in what I say in my messages. Because I wrestled with that. I didn't want to do this. So they called me up and we met and the wife had the dream and it was this Tavo, God says for you to be bolder and louder. And I thought, that's it. I will. That's so I am. Confront the, you know, the false teaching and misogyny, racism, Jezebel. False teaching. Well, that comment they had while we were chatting, I'll never, I'll always remember. He said, well, we're trying to, here we are in North Dallas, the pastor said. We're here where we're trying to plant a colony. Uh, we're trying to plant a church in the colony, which is North Dallas. And he said to me, which hit me like a rock of revelation, Tavo, I never knew how tough it is to try to plant a ministry in a group that where they're the people of need of nothing. And it hit me like a stone from the Lord. Wow, that's what this has been, causing great travail, Alex, you know, many things. It's the false fruit of religion and not diverse and i thought that's what it is they have need of nothing i was in the whole journey i believe the whole journey basically unless a few trips out to a conference or something i was in immersed in the fabric of society of the christian faith in want of nothing we have need of nothing and when i come up here it's the same cult spirit of same religious stone throwing and even the Christians that are at ease. It's good to be prosperous, but I'm letting you know there is such a difference in people groups. I can go with their wealthy or poor, it doesn't bother me. People are mostly well, you know, well off. Nothing wrong with it. It's the clubby false religion that is seething at new visitors, because they don't relate. They just want to read them. I think they're used to it, accustomed to being big. I think they're accustomed to being, it's all about us, our red state. We are the way, the truth, and the life. We might have been unfaithful here and there, and now we're a little guilty if a nice-looking woman comes up. But you know what? That's part of our culture. Boys will be boys. We all know that. That's Eli. We're talking to Eli. Eli was there and manifested greatly in First Samuel. Eli manifested for a time, only a short time, and then God removed him. And guess who? Eli got the word of the Lord. Eli got the word of the Lord. Eli's come and hide your hearts. All right, Eli got the word of the Lord that he was going to be gone. The Ichabod would come. The glory of the Lord had departed from Israel, and their move was over silently but quickly from an unknown prophet, a non-famous name, not recognized, not white, not LP, not club member ministry, but a real prophet out of the woodwork. When God is in desperate need over a nation, he'll call out the weird prophets. All right, here we are, the unsung ministry. So get ready. If you're like that, get ready to roll. You're going to roll. Get ready, it is your t- it, you know it's God's time for you. The other one, putting in a PS, God has only God could have helped me know this. I would not have been led by the spirit. I would not have thought this up. This is too much. The other national word by an unknown, not famous prophet, Hebrew prophet was Amos. God had told me last year to read Amos. I did. I thought this is a nation in turmoil. And I researched about Namath, you know Amos the prophet, turned out he was not called to be a prophet, he was not educated to be a prophet. God's spirit of prophecy came on him, though he was out in the fields, trained as a with fruit or farming, whatever it was. He was called sovereignly by the Lord, like I believe this a lot of this is over here, but many others, on behalf of the many, the ERR remnant. The silent remnant. So my calling now is to get this out to warn the occult they are now history if you're gonna if you don't repent, if you're gonna be reprobate. My move, this move is, you know, God's move. All I do is represented by maybe others will know this, all I do now is not by might not by power but by the holy spirit i can't i could not have made a lot i couldn't have made it happen i couldn't have survived i couldn't have gotten along i could not have kept my joy and be so grateful and happy and feeling so you know young had not it been for the lord and his being with me an elijah type movement an elijah type movement not good old boy but having to come face to face with the Jezebel prophecy occult. Who would have thought? My daddy was a Baptist. Why would I have to know this stuff? God needed me to do it for such a time as this, because this is not an occult move. It's got to have some Baptists in it, real Christians. It's got to have some Savior preaching in it. He died on the cross suffered on the old rugged cross. We've got to keep the balance at a little bit of servant leader, Methodist, Baptist, missionary Baptist, vineyard, Catholic, whatever it's supposed to be. We're going to do it as into the Lord and based on fruit. So in closing, I'm going to say right now, if you want to say you are a part, that you are crossed by the unity, it's not joining. No membership. No cult. Not one worldwide government. Not at all. It is a voluntary Display of, you know, fruit, character fruit, which is cross racial, cross cultural, respectful, cross denomination, even if you go or have a denomination. It's the fruit that remains James 3.17 community, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 5.21, Ephesians 5.21 and 22 if you're married. It is about 5:20. Uh, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2.14, all the Ephesians respectful relationship type verses. It is that. <laughs> no secret agenda. Not hiding. I'm very direct. But I hope with all this today and every day, I hope I make the point. It's God's move, not mine. God bless you. He loves you. This is Tevo DRC signing off for now. God bless.